0: Here, here you go. Free your mind. The Free Mind Sessions podcast, a community that comes together to share opinions and experiences in the hopes of gathering enlightenment on various themes surrounding social, creative, and business topics. Free your mind. Welcome back to the Free Mind Sessions podcast. Today, I am alone. <laughs> if you're wondering who this is, it's Lindsay. Nyashamba uh, is not in studio with me today. We figured we would switch up the way we record because uh, we were having issues with our audio. And we hope you like our new format. Uh, please let us know in the comment section or just reach out to us via social media and let us know if you do enjoy this new format. Um, and yeah, without actually wasting more of your time, uh, we're gonna move on to introducing our guests today. In studio, today we have my friend, m- one of my favorite musicians, and an all-around funny, nice man. His name is Tetu Shani. Tetu, welcome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> a,
0: he, 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 you make it sound like as if I'm, I'm holding you in a box. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tetu and I just came out from a pretty Uh, interesting conversation that is actually what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to season two um, of the Free Mind Sessions podcast. This season, we will be asking our guests to open up about their ideas about love and relationships. Considering the landscape of what dating and being in love in Nairobi looks like, it's an opportunity for us to kind of have conversations around that and see where people's heads at. People who are in committed uh, relationships, some who are single and searching, others who have no interest whatsoever, um, and our biases really and our experiences. So we're going to dig a bit deep (laughs) in this episode and probably get goofy along the way and see how it goes. Today, we will also be introducing to you guys our partner, Verbal Connections. They have a game that they have developed that encourages us to share um, and open up about experiences that affect us within our relationships. And we will be having a few of the questions feature in today's episode. So, Tetu. You'll be our guinea pig. (laughs) I'm ready. Yeah, in regards to um, exploring this uh, conversation with this game. So, question one. Mm. What's the best advice you've received and from whom? Well,
1: what's the best advice I've received?
0: Yes. The category of this specific question comes from the freedom and expression Category that's part of the game. So yes, tattoo. Mm. Best advice. It could be simple.
1: Best advice I've received, I think, would be the, the statement that's really stuck with me is that done is better than perfect. I agree. Yeah, and so that has really made an impact on my life because I am like a recovering, struggling perfectionist, and I a lot of people think perfectionism is a good thing, but it can really be a prison sometimes. Like you know, so. I can't remember who told me that, but I, I know that it made this really big impact on my life and has shaped the way I, I do anything, really. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, question two. If time and money were no objects, where would you take your dream vacation and why?
1: Now, the funny thing is that, <laughs> I mean, on the surface, this sounds like a really, really lighthearted question, but then, you know, the funny thing is that when I think about it, it would be as a place. It would have to be a place where, like, it's not an inconvenience to be black.
0: Hey, that part. That part. That part. Because you know how we talk about this
1: thing, you know, traveling the world, da 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 da. You know, where would you go, blah blah. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes there's this privilege that's inherent in the question, you know, because the people who have the ability to travel the world are people with a powerful passport. So it would have to be a place, one, where I'm not going to feel somehow rejected or whatever for my skin color. And it also, two, has to be a place um, where my passport can actually take me Uh and I can go and have a really good time. And uh, I think I'd love to go to Cuba. I'd love to go to Cuba because, of course, you know, I have a background in percussion.
0: Right.
1: And Cuba, in many ways, is a very monumental place when it comes to music.
0: It is yeah. it is. In fact, the instrument I have for you to collect today yeah. <laughs> comes from that region yeah. of, the, w- <laughs> of yeah. the world. But tattoo, I think for, for some people who are listening, mm. they don't know the kind of background that you've had, and as far as our friendship is concerned, I know you a lot of your life you didn't live here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So even answering that question, now I, I can't help but question now, even the places that you lived in, mm-hmm. um, would you would you still have that same answer if you were still living in those places?
1: Yeah, so um, my background is I grew up the son of, uh, so my father worked for an NGO called World Vision. hmm works in development and if you know the nature of that kind of work is you know you it's it's very transient right so you know you live in a place three years and then you move three years and stuff like that so i was in zambia I was in a place called Mauritania. I was in Senegal. Then. In
0: Mauritania. I was in Mauritania. Whoa! Yes. What was that like?
1: Mauritania was a trippy place, man. Because first of all, when my dad told one, it's tiny. It well, no, it's actually huge. It's, it's really really big, but it's a lot of desert. It,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's all I see. Yeah.
1: It's just desert. And so if 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 you know if you're listening and you don't know where that is, it's kind of nestled between Senegal and Western Sahara. Uh mm-hmm so it was an interesting place in out in the sahara desert you know uh islamic republic um and at the time that we were living there not very developed i mean there was like like downtown was like one street
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and um for a lot of the shops where you could find stuff like ex- imports or whatever, everything was expired. So you kind of just got used to eating stuff that had already expired. But it was one of the most <laughs> magical places I've ever lived.
0: Has that affected your palate right now as a...
1: Oh, yeah. Do I still like expired, expired things? Expired
0: things, yeah. You look at expired milk, you're like, no, this is Masiwa mala. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it in a curry. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, It's not affected my palate really. Um, but, but I mean, the, but the, the thing is, is that for most of the places that i moved with my family they were within africa okay so you know in a place like senegal i look senegalese you know senegalese are tall and dark you do i look very senegalese in fact a lot of times people would get upset at me because they thought that i was senegalese but pretending like you know that bougie bougie Mm. like i'm pretending to whatever you know so
0: so if so what are you then
1: so uh kenyan masai luo Born in Nairobi hospital.
0: You know what's so crazy? Uh, Tattoo have been your friend. I didn't know that.
1: Shut up. Imagine. (laughs) Are you serious?
0: I thought, I thought, of course, Kenyan for sure. Part of you.
2: Yeah.
0: I thought the Kenyan was Maasai. Yeah. And then the other half was
1: something else.
0: Was was Senegal. Was Senegal or or
1: something. (laughs) Senegalese. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no.
0: No, because legit, you you know you look. You look hella Senegalese I do.
1: I look very Senegalese. Yeah,
0: because there's no Maasai who looks like you.
1: Yeah, they are, yeah. For
0: those listening, you'll see the picture there. You'll see Turchi's picture there. He does not look Maasai. It's
1: it's an interesting, yeah, it is an interesting thing. I mean, but my, yeah, my mom is Luo. She's from a place called Semesh. In fact, um, my grandfather's the same place, from the same place as the Nyongos. Really? Yeah, yeah. Seme is, is that, we're from the same region.
0: Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hi neighbor. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Luos. Yeah. Wait. So, 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 Dad is is from where?
1: Yeah, so that is from. Uh, he grew up grew up in Lloy-tuk-tuk, Mm-hmm. but he's from Kajado. Like his really ancestral place is Kajado.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, do you know this explains so much now? Really? Because for those of you who don't know, when Tattoo started off his performance and musician, singer, songwriter career, he'd always have on a hat and a shuka. I was, and now the shuka makes sense. Wow. Like right now, if, 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 if if there were emojis that could like, be real, they just be like little explosions happening. Yeah, yeah it all make <laughs> sense. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Yeah. I feel so embarrassed as your friend to no, not know cool. this.
1: Trust me, we've gone way, way deep in other areas <laughs> and topics of conversation. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. true. Alright, the Next question. Uh-huh. Um, what's the most challenging thing you've ever been through in life?
1: Mm. What is the most challenging thing i've ever been through in life i would say i'm living it right now right right now uh i have never experienced a more challenging season in my life than than right now with you know just um everything that's happening a worldwide pandemic and its impact on on not just music but really creative expression i would say Mm. um the reason why it's so challenging is because i feel kind of lost like i almost like don't know who i am For so many years, I've attached part of my self-worth to live performance. Right. And the kind of validation and instant gratification that you get on stage. You know, it's so interesting, like um, recording Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and releasing a song and performing that same song live on stage are two completely different things. And the biggest difference is that when you record a song and release it, you have no idea who it impacts. True. And just because it impacts someone doesn't mean that they come and tell you. So there's this thing where you just kind of have to, by faith, believe. Okay, it's making a difference. But when you're on stage, perform a song. If they don't like it, you'll see it on their faces.
0: Right. You're getting instant feedback. You're getting
1: instant feedback. Um, And so, so yeah, I would would say definitely be the season that I'm in right now.
0: So, with that being said, let me ask then. Hmm. You had mentioned you attached. You, you had come to a point where you had attached your self worth towards your performances. Mm. Now that that's out of the picture, I'm, guess, I'm guessing you're now back to the drawing board, as you said, figuring out who you are. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe, let's say, if you stayed as tattoo, tattoo the percussionist, who's who doesn't really have that much of of a presence mm. um, out there and you hadn't had those attachments, do you think an experience like COVID would have put you in the same position that you're, that you're in now? I think
1: so. Um, maybe in a different way.
2: Because
1: mm. when you're a session musician, and the session players are basically, you're just, you're a musician for hire. So you're not in a band, one band, you're playing with a, you know, a plethora of different artists. Um, your reward is your money. You get paid. And Mm. so you don't attach anything else to it. And that's why musicians in particular are very particular about payment because they're not getting their face on the poster. Right. They're not going to be out there shouted about, you know, like the artists. Their reward is is their payment. Um, And when you're a session musician here in Nairobi, you know, uh, typically that payment will range, you know, about, you know, 10,000 shillings a gig. Mm -hmm. you know and then you use hustle culture so you're trying to you know make enough so that by the end of the month you have enough but then when you become an artist um, the reward system changes and all of a sudden I would say for me I wouldn't say that money is my reward because I look at my peers around the world and some of them are buying houses some of them are buying multiple cars in this Kenyan context money is not my reward
0: right so what, what is the reward for tattoo?
1: For tattoo, I would say the reward is the appreciation and the love that I get from from my fans
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and going back to the stage where it happens instantaneously, those were the moments that oftentimes would keep me going because I trust and believe that sometimes you have an amazing show, and you go back home and in a couple of days, the landlord is on your case asking you you know where rent is right right so now in this season taking that away, I'm in a state where I'm really questioning what my reward is. So I spend hours writing the song, mm-hmm. I spend hours composing and arranging it, I spend hours in the studio, I spend hours mixing and mastering it with the producer, then I spent hours planning the release, and then spent days pushing it, for what? Right. Is it for views?
0: You're getting none of it back the, the way you used to.
1: I, I'm not getting it back the way I used to because what would happen is then I release that song and then I go and I perform it on a stage.
0: And then you get that back. And then back. I
1: get my reward, yeah. right? Whereas now, there's this anticlimactic thing of you do all of that and then... And then being an independent artist, you get... 700 views after a few days so i'm in a place i'm not even gonna claim that i know the answer like i'm still in a place where i'm figuring it out but like that's the challenge that i'm in right now okay yeah
0: wow that's and i think anyone who's who's in a space where you almost need other people to fully finish your vision Mm. you know you know i think for for artists musicians um even guys for sound and light like mm. <laughs> the the end product is what people experience mm. and their and their feedback from it and that's a major key into you feeling like the, your whole vision has been fulfilled. Mm. Because you're not making the stuff... Yes, you're making it for you. Mm. But if you're making it for you to consume by yourself, you wouldn't release it. Mm. You know? So it's I can completely relate to that situation. Yeah. Damn, tattoo. Yeah,
1: we heavy hitters. Now. I
0: know. Okay. Well, let's, let's get to another category, uh-huh. which is um, love and relationships. Yeah. Um. So in a relationship, what are your preferred methods of giving and receiving affection?
2: Ah,
1: so it's essentially like love languages kind of.
0: Yeah, and just yeah. like, you know, you as tattoo.
1: Me as tattoo. Um, I noticed that I, I'll start with how I give love. I noticed that I give love through time and, and physical touch. Um, the people that I care about. I tend to be pretty touchy-feely with and this is not even just in romantic relationships like just even with friendships and, or you know what not um, so that's how I give love and then I think I think I receive love on almost the same way right physical touch and, and I would say time
0: does uh, that does that apply to your relationships with your same gendered people as well do they respond like uh why are you touching me? Yeah, like so
1: the- <laughs> you know the funny thing. I'll tell you something strange. I don't know if it's strange, but um, I remember some years ago I read an article that talked about how the absence of platonic physical touch mm-hmm. and its effect on us on society.
0: It's massive. It's massive. It is massive.
1: And you begin to realize that we are touching ourselves, each other. (laughs) 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 We're touching touching ourselves
2: and each other
1: much, much less. You can unpack that on so many different levels, Listen, (laughs) listen. (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, know, even if you look at the Bible and, um, you know, you look at the the relationship that that jesus had with one of his disciples john it said that john used to lay on his breast Mm -hmm. and i for the life of me i've tried to imagine a situation where like my boy is like like yeah laying on my chest and we're just chilling
0: and you're just there like embracing
1: and yeah it's not sexual it's it's just a moment um so then what i'm building to is this is that the fact that i'm touchy-feely even with men, I have not yet found men who are uncomfortable with it.
0: Amen to that. Yeah. Shout out to your friends.
1: I have not yet found can it. Like, I,
0: can I meet your friends? Because yeah. uh, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm similar yeah. in, in that way, mm. it, I don't know if I should call myself out. Because I feel like the person might be listening to this and may know I'm talking about them. Mm. But I was in a situation recently mm. where it wasn't an exclusive thing. But uh, I was I was discovered by a said person in an uncompromising mm. uh, situation mm. where apparently I cannot remember what what this person saw or where the details are all over the place, right yeah. but apparently, I was in an uncompromising composition with someone else. Mm. My recollection of that night is I was not trying to get with anyone. I was in a very happy space. So my belief is it was probably misinterpreted. Mm. But maybe because said person is not touchy-feely at all, Mm. or maybe just doesn't understand platonic um, intimacy, uh, then... I I was kind of like, okay, then (laughs) I don't know what to do because I'm, I'm like this as a person. I like to hug my friends, although my friends, a lot of them will probably call me out and say I'm capping Um, (laughs) Mm. because I'm not, I'm not actually physically affectionate with, and it's so crazy. Maybe, maybe I should look into this. I'm way more physically affectionate platonically with men than I am with women.
1: With women. That's interesting
0: it's very very interesting yeah. like i can i can count the last I, ca- I can i can't remember the last time i hugged one of my sisters yeah i can't mm-hmm. but the random guy i saw in in, in the club the the day that i haven't yeah. seen in like two months i was like yeah. ah big embrace but it's just crazy how like you said that platonic just You know affection and all of that it's just it's not a thing and i feel like it should be it should
1: be a thing and let me tell you something even on twitter i see a lot of tweets and it sounds reckless when people are saying it but i actually understand what they're saying like i see a lot of tweets where people are just like you know what i really want i just want to cuddle with someone tonight and not have it lead to anything i just want to cuddle
2: yeah
1: and do you know that a lot of people who feel like they want to be in a relationship do you know that what they miss is not necessarily sex
0: it's intimacy. what they miss
1: is physical intimacy what yeah. they miss is a situation where you can just chill with someone and maybe have their arm around you or you have your arm around them and you feel that sense of closeness i mean you know this lindsay like you know they say if babies are not held when they're born right they'll even die right, right. so
0: so, so that joke when people are like, you aren't held as a child. So it actually, it holds some weight.
1: It is a thing. So what I've found is that, and, and everyone, rather both men and women are not getting any action, but men are getting less action. And by action, I don't mean sexual. I just mean this platonic thing. Mm. So men in modern society, we are not holding each other. We're not hugging each other. We're not, you know, giving like a back rub or squeezing a shoulder or whatever. Um, and honestly in my own life I've seen the impact of even just if I'm just talking with my homie I have my arm around him but you know what one thing that I do love is things are changing I'm noticing that like with younger Millennials and with Gen Z like when I hug a man it's a real hug. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this. Like men are hugging again. You're, feel, like,
0: you're feeling the love back.
1: It's not that beating up each other thing where it's like yeah 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 yeah. Right. Know, you know, But like now there's like hey man what's up you know you you know you dab and then you know you bring him in close and those things I hope that remains because those moments are very important. For friendships,
0: I agree. Yeah, and and this is like for everyone, not even just yeah. just guys, even guys and girls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it doesn't have to just be about the Nyanduks guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are they? <laughs> the who?
0: The Nyanduks. Who are those? Nyanduks is sex.
1: Oh, I didn't know. Sorry.
2: guys <laughs>
0: It's okay. I not many people. I, I don't know yeah. if many people know that, but it's it's a it's a word I like to use. <laughs> you know those words that sound like the thing.
1: It it ah, it's an onomat onoma, 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 onomat onomatopoeia.
0: onomatopoeia that one that one, that one. <laughs> I have not used that word in forever. this? <laughs> but yes, yeah, so nyandux. It's not yeah. always about the nyandux. Yeah. I think I'll just use sex because nyandux. <laughs> No, let's use Nyanyu. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, cool. it's, it's fun. Cool. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. Um, is age just a number and why?
1: The context of that question is what? Romantic In love and In relationships. relationships. Is age just a number and why?
0: Well, you know what?
1: Um, no, age, age is not just a number. Um, and uh, that's because we're not... We're not robots our ages um you can take two 22 year olds and both of them are in very different places in their lives uh maybe one was thrust into responsibility at a young age he or she has had to develop a certain skill set or ability or emotional capacity uh-huh. to be able to cope or sometimes trauma has this role in whatever so um but I think the real question here, and, and I, I mean, the, the one that is really the raging debate right now is, is, you know, how young is too young?
0: And how old is too and old? And how old
2: is
1: too old, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tattoo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the question of, of, of how young is too young... Um, I think by all, for all intents and purposes, someone needs to be an adult right yes. And in our society, we have certain markers that define what an adult is is okay so an adult in our society is someone who can vote is someone who is considered old enough to be able to purchase alcohol is someone who can re- represent themselves they don 't have to be represented by a guardian mm-hmm. um, We have those kinds of semi-universal markers that tell us what, what you know, when an adult is. But once you are all are adults, I feel explore, man.
0: Really? Yeah. So...
1: I mean, I've seen relationships. I have a friend mm-hmm. who was 25 and her boyfriend was 50. And it worked.
0: It worked and they were happy.
1: Truth be told, they had all kinds of common interests. Um... They, they were able to have fantastic conversation. I don't think they're together now, um, right. but they were. They dated. Um, when I was 19, there was a mama on my case and she was 27.
0: I see. Yeah.
1: So uh, the reason I've given that example is because it's always easy to imagine that it's the it's, men who are praying on the, on the younger women. No, no, no. Hey, no, no,
0: it's, no. it's not. And it the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing exactly, that.
1: exactly, exactly. People
0: very close to me ask, proudly call themselves...
1: Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> the, actually, um it just it was recently a friend of mine was telling me about how his friend, um, an acquaintance of his, a yeah. lady, um, when she was twenty eight, the best sex of her life was with a nineteen year old. So now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What was the dynamic of that relationship? It makes you begin to realize that our discomfort with age, right, is not about age; it's about power.
0: It is. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah.
1: It's not about the age. It's it not the really number. It really isn't. It's about the power. Yeah. Or the power differential. Yes. Or the power dynamic. Yes. And truth be told, you can find two people who are within the appropriate age bracket, but the power differential is going to make you feel uncomfortable about, about that relationship anyway. Sure. What if you take, you know, a 32-year-old man who goes and gets a very, you know, uh, you know someone in our society who has low social status, someone from the village who is 30 years old but knows nothing, and he wants to just keep her in, in the house, and, and we would feel uncomfortable with that. So I would say that age is... Isn't just a number, but power is the conversation we need to be having. Correct. Yes.
0: Correct. And I and I think in in situations like that, it's very interesting because I I personally have oh wow am I about to start uh, go ahead just uh, hey, unpacking. <laughs> I mean I it's very interesting because I also had to start asking myself why do I not really spend time looking at people that are younger mm. and that power thing comes into play on on a very Lindsay personal level the younger person to me has to be of some type of caliber for me to pay them any attention. They must have that, that power thing they must have achieved they have done this yes. they must have have this certain character about them gonna yeah. be able to flow easily within circles and stuff yeah. and I feel like having all of those things in my mind makes it's, it's like it's like um, you're playing a video game you're getting all of these XP points and then you're building up like your, your immunity and your power and your strength mm-hmm. and then you know I'm trying to make you become part of my team so what are you what What does our power up look like if we combine forces like in Power Rangers you know Correct. <laughs> how big is, is our giant to go face yeah. that other guy there in the corner so that power thing is so it's so real let
1: me tell you something interesting in uni I wrote a paper about this
0: really what did yeah. you study
1: I studied communications uh-huh. but it was at a liberal arts college so you do a bunch of different courses nini, nini.
0: right
2: <coughs>
1: Power. A lot of people. Right. The way
0: you said that, it power. just hit yeah. it vibrated. It was just that like a hair.
1: <laughs> a lot of what we call preference. Right. Has to do with power. I agree. So what you're discussing is how, like, if a man is younger than you, he has to make up the difference in some way. Right either through social acceptance and status or maybe through power connections and networks mm-hmm. or the kind of family he comes from or mm. this all this kind of stuff and um, as soon as you begin to look at it from the direction of power then it becomes harder to point the finger and it becomes harder to make it a dividing issue between men and women true because there are men abusers in this female. female abusers as well yeah uh, remember the conversation surrounding um, Jada Pinkett Smith?
0: Yes, and and her and, sons and the entanglement, friend.
1: the entanglement, right? Yes. The reason I was I would offer and say the reason why we felt uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. is because she got away scot-free, right? She got involved in the life of a young man,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and according to her, they were on the same level, but they were not on the same plane he had so much more to gain by being with With her her. than she had to gain with being with him. And so that put her in a position of privilege Uh, uh, and power. And power. Right. Exactly. But you began to realize like for example when I wrote that paper even when you look at race this is gonna if you think about it it makes sense. Why is it that you see gorgeous black women with oompa loompa looking
2: (laughs) white guys white guys (laughs) (laughs) just them
1: sofa set looking really guys who when you compare he doesn't care about how he looks his skin doesn't he doesn't care about how his his hair but he's with the baddest Uh it's about power it's about the fact that he his privilege as a white man being at the top of the totem pole as far as race Uh means that he can get a really really fine woman
0: yeah the he has options he has options right
1: and 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 even vice versa sometimes you see like a really attractive black man with a not so attractive white woman it's all power differential man right and so he is a black man and what he loses in his skin colour, he gains in being associated with a white woman.
0: Some people would come through and say that, you know, no, may I I just like anyone? And and I feel like, no, it's not, it's a very subconscious thing, Mm -hmm. this power play. No, it's not conscious.
1: It's not conscious. Yeah, it's extremely
0: subconscious. And I think, if anything, there's a lot that builds up to that. I feel like as as we're developing and this goes into part of like developmental like psychology and all of that yeah as you're developing there's certain things as an adult you want to compensate for that you didn't have as a child
2: absolutely if
0: you have built yourself into a position of power Mm. then you look at what how you experienced power as a child and it's either you'd you'd redo that or you're trying to undo it and like mm-hmm. rectify and gain control of that situation so I think that idea of power manifests itself in the yeah. interracial relationships Absolutely. especially coming from someone who has been in one yeah. it was very interesting looking at people's reactions when I <laughs> I went to a whole festival <laughs> mm. a whole festival with this guy I we was even captured for the tabloids <laughs> Can you imagine? The guys are coming with their cameras, taking pictures. Mm. And I was like, what? And he was actually, he, he the t-shirt he was wearing mm. said, the future is female and black. Mm. And he he stood up for, um, you know, just black women succeeding and whatever. And it, it actually was a bit of a red flag now that I look back. Because yeah, that's all he he was into.
1: So it was an identity. It was...
0: A- um, almost almost a fetish Uh, in a way almost a fetish in a way he had a thing for just black women that seemed like powerful and and just full of life and stuff cause I look back at his track record and one of my best friends is probably going to listen to this and just be like, yes, because we told you so. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, mm. there's no light in the box once you're in it. Yeah,
1: true, true, true. Hey, hey. You know, retrospect is 2020. Yeah?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no light in the box once you're in it. But then I had to also question, like, his his motivations as mm-hmm. well. Because I realized if we if we actually continued with our relationship, mm. he he's Dutch, mm-hmm. right? And the idea was to you know move and see what what opportunities and what life we could build mm. but i realized as long as i'm with him i i won't have as much influence of my surroundings as he would in mine mm. out there mm. if that makes sense you know like i i'm i'm already a minority in that country yes. let's start there yes two already the fact that he's an older guy yeah because he wasn't like a tea ababa no yeah. but he was like like mid-thirties yeah and at the time i was mid-twenties so it was gosh i make it seem like as if that was so long ago <laughs> at the time ah, <gasps> the
2: younger days you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, i was, was mid-twenties at the time yeah. so it was now that i look back i i realize had i made that leap of faith and gone mm it would have been a very interesting power play that would have happened Mm. without knowing. And I think I wouldn't have lasted there, to be honest, Mm. because of just everything that would. And I think for him, he just wanted to be that guy who had that girl or that woman to almost prove a point wrong.
1: Got you. I got you.
0: And... I got let me tell you that the clown makeup i wiped off my face it was thick it was so thick it was <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was almost semi-permanent
1: yeah yeah
0: almost almost like a tattoo wow i had to really think about my luckily it ended mm. um and i wish him all the best mm. but i really had to ask myself w- much as these are subconscious things, mm. how worried must I be to actually, like, I, sometimes you get scared. Am I looking too much into things
2: mm.
0: or should I just let things flow? At mm. what point do you have to sit back and be like, okay, there's a certain dynamic that's happening here where one of us is gaining, and I put that in quotes, yes. more than the other. Yes. And what kind of, of, um, tone does that set for the relationship Mm. So it's very interesting
1: but you know something to add on to that lindsay is this um when we talk you know power and power differential it is so easy as human beings to say there are people who crave power in relationships and there are people who don't we like to divide the world into the people who do and the people who Who don't
0: don't. yes we we all want the same thing
1: every human being (laughs) is on a journey Mm -hmm. of recognizing the blind spots in their life and the areas where they carry privilege and the areas in which they abuse Mm -hmm. that privilege for selfish gain right the reason why this is so important is for the same reason why there's a book i think that that i read some of it that was talking about why it's so hard to talk to white people about racism
0: what's the book called tattoo
1: um uh the book is called uh, what is it oh i can't even remember white tears or something I think it was just called Why It's Hard to Talk to White People About <laughs> just, Racism. That, Maybe that was just the is. name of the whatever. <laughs> right. But the reason being is that racism has been boiled down to Ku Klux Klan burning a cross in, across in in, in a someone's garden, burning down a church, blah, blah. So what happens is that people of, of the peach, you know, uh, peach colored skin... <laughs> Uh, It haunts them. That image haunts them and they want to run away from that as much as possible. But I believe that true change comes when every Mzungu person, every white person says, in me, regardless, Uh is a little bit of a racist. And if I can accept that, I can confront it. Right. Right? If I can recognize that I am the product of a system that has given me privilege and that privilege in and of itself has caused me to look at other people a certain way. Uh Subconsciously, Remember we're talking about this being subconscious. Yes. That is the beginning of healing in that person's life. Right. Because every day they confront that person. I'll give you an example. Let me stop making it about white people. For me.
0: I was going to say, does it apply to now us in terms of victimhood?
1: I I was going to say in my my circumstance, I went to uh, one of the universities I went to was in California. Right. I had to confront something in me
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that says a successful black man must get a mixed girl or a white woman aha uh-huh. as a, remember you said it Lindsay you said that once you have the power now mm-hmm. you have options yes you, you can do. now get the people or the things that you feel when you didn't have power you were not unable to get yes and one of those things in our society is someone like me if I get successful I must marry Amzungu. Right. I must marry uh, 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 someone who is mixed hmm I I had to confront it and that was the way that I was able to find my beautiful black queen. Is because once I... Shout can, out to her, shout, yeah, out, to shout her. out to shout out to Louise, shout out to Louise. <laughs>
0: shout, out to Louise. <laughs>
1: shout
0: out to Louise. We <laughs> so, know you're listening somewhere. <laughs> after
1: confronting that, acknowledging it, looking at the ugliness in myself and my propensity towards that, then I was able to work through it and be in the kind of position where I can work. <gasps> Lindsay, do you know there are many people who have married people who they didn't even like, but to prove a point?
0: yes. That was about to be me. That's what I think this guy was doing. Shindwe. Shindwe san. Shindwe.
1: Shindwe san. <laughs> so yeah, it is a journey we're all on. Every single one of us is on that journey. Right. I'm telling you.
0: Right. Yeah, and yeah. I and I feel like and speaking and speaking on like like we're talking about love and relationships. Would you say then that a lot of people have and are still Getting into very committed relationships for the wrong reasons. Oh my God! Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Do you do you have people around you, in like in your immediate surroundings, where even they can admit to it, or is it something you're just observing?
1: Um, I think one of the hardest things uh, is to get a person to admit to something like that, right? Um, because by admission, to admit it is to to be in a vulnerable position. Uh, To admit it is to be in a position where you're like, oh my gosh, I have these tendencies that maybe stem from trauma or maybe even just selfishness, right? And that is a very vulnerable place to be. But I see it all around me. I see people who jump in and out of relationships that are toxic um, because, you know, one time a person said that, you know, do we have preferences or do we just just have wounds?
0: Wow.
1: What we call preference, Someone else would just call a wound And an attempt to cover up that wound
0: You know, that's so profound That's so profound Because I have been asking a lot of men That I've been trying to date
2: Mm.
0: um, What they feel in their life could be better Mm. You know, what, what are, what are the insecurities? Cause those, those come up to the forefront, you know, oh, yeah. your, when, when, when your ego comes into play and causes the damage that it does, yeah. it's being fueled by those things. Yeah. And you have to ask all of these partners, like, what, what do you feel you need to heal from mm. that you haven't yet already? Mm. I can tell you for a fact, these conversations for the most part actually went pretty well.
1: Really? Surprisingly so. And you learned things that... I learned things
0: about these people and I commend them for opening up because I think to to expose yourself like that, especially because you know what you need to heal is something you're insecure about. Mm. Because whether sometime in your life someone used that against you... Mm or it's something that you feel still defines a part of you and you're not proud of it or God knows what reason mm. I think it's so important to address that in any way, shape or form and at any speed you feel like because it's so important those things come out That imagine being in a relationship and someone is just using you for emotional labor it happens some people really believe they need to be in, in a relationship and find someone to fully complete this this vision yeah. and yet you must already and it's going to sound a bit a bit um unfair but i feel like a good amount of you kind of should be already complete within who you believe you are as a person yeah. before you even present yourself there. Yes. Because if you don't believe in who you are, even the negative parts of it, this other person, my goodness, is going to have such a hard time trying to discover you as you're discovering you.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: And they have the emotional labor to, to take on, which not everyone is built to, to do that. Yeah. And I don't think we should necessarily expect it. from other people it would be nice to have a partner that that does go on your journey with you and helps you out but to expect of someone to be there to do your emotional labor for you is unfair it's so unfair
1: and honestly my wife and i had a conversation where we literally like i initiated the conversation and we were in agreement we're not responsible for each other's happiness Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you this i'll say this especially to the ladies from a male perspective It can be that whole trying to read your mind thing can be a very frustrating thing. Yeah. That whole, the measurement of my love for you is how intuitive I can be about your needs, is an unfair burden to place upon a partner.
2: Right. Like,
1: if he really loves me, he would know
2: Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D,
1: one, two, three. Those things, people who've been married 35 years, I'm sure
0: <laughs> our parents are still
1: trying to figure out.
0: Yeah. Because we shift, we change. We change. We that's change. The thing. We so always that means changing. that if
1: you're not always vocal about your, your needs changes, and yeah. your changes, yeah. there'll always be someone who feels like they're chasing after you and never ca- ever catching, catching up, up to you. Right. You understand? So what that shows you is that it means that you not only have to be vocal. But let me tell you something that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people feel they don't deserve to get what they need.
0: Hey, that part.
1: That part. That part. I don't deserve happiness. I don't deserve to to, to have someone treat me and, and spoil me and make me feel special. That is killing and messing up a lot of people.
0: Why do you think that is tattoo?
1: <sighs> trauma. Yeah. It's always trauma. Yeah trauma from a parent, trauma from a sibling, trauma from boarding school, trauma from... I think the world is many times often on a mission to really make us stifle our desires and our needs and the things that truly make us happy because it doesn't suit the interests of the world and the system that we're in. Right. The system wants a population that works, that doesn't ask too many questions. And if we all start going on to this journey of really finding out who we are and aggressively pursuing that, mm-hmm. the people who benefit from our slavery would would lose us. That's you know? true. So, so it's all part of the system. You see it in the education system. You see it in, in, in patriarchy and all of its forms. You see it in, in the religious systems and you see it in a lot of systems really stifle what the person wants. Even as a child, you don't like this. Well, eat it anyway, because this is the only thing that uh-huh. we begin to get these messages as we're growing up that say what you desire in life and what you want as connected to who you are is not valid. And that messes up a lot of marriages, a lot of partnerships, a lot of relationships, because then now you're in a situation where if you don't say what you want right. and how you want it. You're going to be miserable for the rest of your life.
0: So would you say that then that becomes a system in itself when it comes to love?
1: Yes. Yes. Right. Aren't we always, you know, even in love, kind of shortcut kind of, You say, okay, but I like this, but then, okay, but anyway, this one is available now. Mm. So I'm going to just, anyway. Th- th- that conversation is one that I think we have a lot, a lot, hey. a lot with ourselves. Okay?
0: Always. Yeah. Now you're married, so yeah. I feel like... I feel like that's a conversation you had of course prior to your marriage maybe even still now i think yeah. it's also natural for you to to question things even in your marriage yeah. um but th- those even trying trying to figure out in in a space where every everyone's encouraging just brutal realism and honesty and all of that it's almost like w- there's n- there's less room now mm-hmm. for the whole or at least what, what we had identified as like the romantic and compassionate side of loving someone mm-hmm. I, I think or, or also on the other hand some may also be too focused on that and not necessarily putting out the what what they need and the systems and the uh, and the way they want to be treated and their wants and their needs and who they are what they think they are as a person and just saying oh you know what it's meant to be it's meant to be
1: you know you've just said something that has brought something to my mind Mm. i want i want people to understand i want everyone to understand that communicating your wants and your needs is step one of many of many steps Mm -hmm. because if you see it as the final step step you'll be selfish and you'll never live with anyone
0: that parts you'll never be able
1: to get along with anyone i agree or uh, because uh, what is it Uh, was uh, was it steve harvey or something he said he he said even if you get a fish it will change your life Mm -hmm. there's aspects of your life that will have to change to accommodate feeding that fish changing the water all this kind of stuff and so in love Mm -hmm. It doesn't end with just communicating your needs. That is the first step because after communicating your needs, they have to communicate their needs too. You need to listen to, exactly. listen to exactly them, and then now figure out where, where do these things intersect, where do they merge, yeah. and how do we build a new life?
0: Let's from that. make that Venn diagram. I'm telling you. Let me tell you something. Wow, wow's. The Mother <laughs> <laughs> The Mother yeah. and I think that people. So in in our, in our session that we had. Um, your free mind sessions on this specific topic that we had we from the, the conversations that I heard a lot mm. a lot of people agreed that within Nairobi and I, I'm sorry for our listeners outside of Nairobi maybe this also applies to the areas that you're living in as well a lot of the people who are in the dating scene at least trying to date that are fairly within the, the youth demographic mm are very much in within that narrative of me I want this person I want an xyz who can do xyz I'm elevating myself I'm you know it's those, those ones say, avoid those people who na, 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 na. and I'm like but at what point do you also allow for the other person to make mistakes at what point do you allow for the other person to also tell you how you can serve them yeah. <laughs>
1: or, at what point do you allow the other person to challenge your own perspectives and to call you out on your BS? On your
0: on your bullshit.
1: Like real talk. Yeah. Like that's part of love too.
0: Let me tell you. You know. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people have such they're waiting for the person to come finished. Yeah. As a finished product. Yeah. That this guy will take will take off all of your boxes this girl will, will take off all of your boxes and she'll be that that babe because everyone's like yeah I'm just waiting for the one I'm waiting for the one but where? How, what is the one and why are you limiting that that person to just that
1: let me tell you something if someone ticked off every single box or box that you have for them you would never grow again True. There'd be no character development. That would be the day that character development stops.
0: But also your full relationship should not be character development also, please. True, but (laughs) we're talking about balance. Yeah.
1: And within the spectrum of balance, one of the things is in what areas can I learn? Mm -hmm. In what things in my mindset as tattoo does Louise provide insight that will humble me and challenge me and make me a better person? Right. You know? That's part of it as well, you know, and that's the beauty of relationships is when you see two people who didn't just come complete, but you see the development beyond that where they can look at each other and say, you know what? Since I met you, I've grown in this area and that area and that area. And growing is always painful, my friend. It
0: is. It's uncomfortable. It's
1: uncomfortable. You it's, it's you second guess yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh my goodness. Mm. Well, tattoo. Yeah. This 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 is going. We've, we've <laughs> We're going. We're going. Yeah. there With the with the with the with the hose.
1: Yeah.
0: And by hose, I don't mean. <laughs> I don't. I mean the hose like the ones for digging.
1: It, oh, I thought you meant H O S E.
0: I mean with the hose also.
1: Okay. All of the hose. All of the hose.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> with all of the hose. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, tattoo. Yeah. Growing up because I feel like the way we're taught to love or the examples we had of what love was or is is things that were taught or we have observed um, growing up, either be it our parents or our relationships or what we saw on TV, etc etc. So I wanted to ask when did you feel love for the first time and what what what, walk us through that memory
1: yeah when did i feel love for the first time you know it's interesting i i am not a person that does well with memories (laughs) and i think (laughs) well done (laughs) I, but, no but but what i mean is that in terms of chronological order right um, but i'll tell you an interesting story that i truly felt love i lo- felt love for my mother i was already a teenager so clearly there was other moments before that but uh, to remove the pressure i'll just highlight this particular story i remember uh, i was in senegal and w- we were doing an exam
0: ah you were in senegal
1: i was in senegal <laughs> <laughs> yes i was in senegal <laughs> And I remember um, there was, like, a test we were preparing for. And, you know, so we're sitting for this exam, yeah? In front of me, no, behind me, is a friend of mine called Hadi. Hadi Mm -hmm. was a Lebanese dude. So Hadi, like, taps me, like, hey, yo, see you? Help me with answers, too? Such and such. I'm like, no, bro.
0: I studied for the same same, bro. Chill out, chill out, chill out.
1: (laughs) He asked me, and asked me what I do. I write... The answers to a few uh, uh, of the questions on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Then I, I slip it to him, real slick. This buffoon drops the paper on the floor.
2: (sighs) No.
0: He
1: drops the paper on the floor. The teacher.
0: Of course.
1: PE teacher's name was Mr. Fresquez. Mr. what? Fresquez. Mr.
0: Fresquez. <laughs> <laughs> you lied. From yes.
1: his up on everything he was called Describe Fresquez. Describe it what did he look like? He was uh, Fresquez <laughs> like like he was I think it was like a, a Spanish name. Oh. F-R-E-S-Q-U-E-Z. Oh fres-
0: fres- Fresque- Fresquez. Fresquez. We
1: called him Fresquez. I see. Ah, yeah. He comes by that point Hadi has kind of taken the paper and hidden it somewhere so the guy tells him stand up he stands up the buffoon drops the paper again well done so i see them disappearing outside of the class
0: and it's your handwriting and and it's my handwriting
1: or whatever so then in my heart i'm just like yo bro me i'm hoping this homie is not a snitch he was (laughs) because it wasn't too long that i was also summoned right so i was called to the principal's office i was sitting there you know with Hadi glaring at him and our folks were called So please remember, my mom has to drive from the house Mm -hmm. because I was going to a day school to come and deal with this matter. So when she arrived, they asked me, I remember they asked me, they said, oh, your son has done ABCD one, two, three. Then they asked me, they said, what do you have to say about this? I said, well, I just want to clarify that what I did wasn't right, but that I studied for the test. Yeah. And I was like, that's all I'm going to say about that. So they asked my mom, yo you know what are your thoughts you know they're trying to get a reaction from her from my her. mom was poker face her face you couldn't read it she just said has spoken," and, and that's that's it that's it do you know i felt so much love right because my mom chose not to embarrass me
0: she had your back
1: she had my back and she had my back in a moment where i had not done the right thing i'd not made the right decision i see I had never felt love like that because love and a lot of the conditioning that we have about love as children Mm -hmm. is if you do the right thing,
0: that's when you get the love. That's when you get
1: the love. But that was a moment where my mom showed me that even if you mess up, I got you and whatever conversation. So when we left the office, she told me, she said, have you learned your lesson? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, ma. Yeah.
0: And that's it. And that
1: was the way the story ended.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. I have such a similar story with my dad wow i was busted drinking alcohol in school uh-huh. <laughs> and we had a teacher We was snitched on that's mm. that's 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 begin there i wouldn't say this is an example of when i first felt love but definitely how i got to understand that there's different languages and mm. different ways mm. you can experience them and it's so similar to your story my dad mm. Was called because uh, a group of friends of uh, of mine and I um, decided to uh, order a bottle of of cognac, not cognac, kibao. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And get it, We were having a party that day, and we got lit, and we had a great time. And we thought, you know, we've we've gone through that experience, you know, scot free, and. Of course. Now the next day, I've been called into the principal's office, and I'm seeing my friends who I was drinking with coming out crying, (laughs) and I was like, ah, Ah, fuck. (laughs) Ah, Shit. I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, Uh, it's 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 my turn now. uh. And what she did, she called she had the phone. She's like, put this phone on loudspeaker. Call your parents. I'm going to call them for you. Call your parents, because I was in a boarding school. Call your parents and tell them what you have done and tell them you're, you're going to be suspended luckily enough we we were such star students we were suspended internally they couldn't let us go because okay. we had competitions to do uh, and all of that so they're like yeah we hate what, what you guys have done yeah but you're good always, you're bad but we can't let you go just what? like that you have to be punished yeah right so so i call first i call my mom and I was dreading my mom picking up the phone. Cause I feel like with parents, there's one who's there's always gonna react. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope my mom doesn't pick up. Cause I would feel the wrath of Miss Obama. Yes. Hey, <laughs> it's a bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. luckily she didn't pick up. Mm. So I called my dad. My dad is like, yep. Yeah. Uh, hello, this is, you know, so-and-so speaking. I was like, hi dad. It's like, yes. What's happening? Why are you calling me from this number? Are you okay? It's like, um, so I got into quite a bit of trouble. Mm. I, I, I was drinking in school, mm. and I was, I was busted. And I am here to just tell you that I am going to be suspended, mm-hmm. and I'm so sorry for doing that I know it was stupid you know what his question was mm. I was like did you get drunk mm. I'm like no not really it's like okay then you just let whatever happens mm. happen um, there's nothing I can say about this that's just on you mm. and I'm pretty sure you know that you shouldn't have done that mm. and I'm like yeah it's like then, then that's it as long as you know you could have done better You face what you need to face. And that for me is enough. Mm.
1: And I was like... What impact did that have on you?
0: Let me tell you. That's when I realized Mm. that... I also had never given... Or maybe I wasn't presented with the opportunity to see my parents in that light. Mm. You know, I I was... I had never experienced a time where I could do the wrong thing and all hell doesn't break loose. Mm. And I think just like you said, it's that, it's that classical conditioning that we have mm. where we only want to see the right things. And that's, and that's where the love will channel itself from. Mm. But I realized in that moment, my dad knew exactly who the hell I was. Mm. And he just trusted that mm. wherever my head is at now, mm. I'm aware of consequences. I'm aware of that's when I realized that this guy actually, he he trusts who I'm becoming, mm. and that I can take things as I am, and that's a sign of approval I had been waiting for for so mm. long. And I got it as mm. I'm being suspended.
2: Wow, <laughs> that's profound.
0: Yeah, and I was like, damn. And for me, like my dad is your typical African dad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say much. Mm. Unless he has to, Mm. so even not knowing what to expect his response to be, Mm. and realizing that it was that, for me that I would say was also an experience of love,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, where I think he also felt my tension Mm. and (laughs) and my remorse, and he's just like, I don't need. So he probably felt like.
1: Whatever punishment she's gotten, the punishment she's gotten, already. Let me not. Why am I adding? Yeah, on to exactly. Why yeah. am I doing what? Yeah, no, yeah, she's yeah, she's
0: yeah. good, yeah. and she knows better now. And and I was like, okay okay homie mm-hmm. of course i couldn't come of course not. <laughs> call yeah, yeah, no, no, no. i have just called you to tell you i've done some <laughs> nonsense <laughs> and then i'm there calling you homie oh no, no way yeah but that was mm. that was profound for me as well so shout out to our folks yeah man. absolutely especially and it's so crazy these mm. are both times where we weren't at our best huh?
2: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> there's even a story for my dad but i, but yeah, I, I have a lot of stories <laughs>
0: Your dad's also seen you do some nonsense. My dad
1: also, he's had to be mature.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe realize that you're also maturing.
1: Yes. I see. One of those two. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I was a problem.
0: So would you say mm. that um, your parents kind of taught you how to love or is it something you've just gained from different interactions and experiences through mm. life?
1: No, um, I wouldn't. I would say it's probably there's been multiple influences in my life Uh um, in my own journey of trying to understand what love is um, and how to love and what to expect and what that looks like. And and my parents played a big role in that, I would say. Um, But I think it's been a journey that I've been on for for a long time, just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what is love? And, um, you know, I find that, that there's a lot of truth in so many different places, unexpected places, and so you take all of those different nuggets and you put them together, and it it forms this. The puzzle pieces form this bigger image that kind of gives you this idea. Like one of my favorite, like for example, um, scriptures is that what, the one of love. First Corinthians thirteen. It talks about love is patient, it's kind. It you know keeps no record of wrongdoing. It doesn't hold a grudge. Uh-huh. It's not that was a piece of the puzzle in going okay this is a definition that wow this is like really really deep and there's a reason why it's read at weddings and all this kind of stuff because it kind of encompasses you know a lot of that but then i would say love for me has always been shown to me in the middle of adversity
0: yes every time yes every time because it's, it's easy to love when things are things are easy, I, things like are easy and, and happy and uh, yeah.
1: Who even even the most wicked person on earth, if they fall in love with someone and that person loves them back and and that person is easy to love, quote unquote, oh they'll never have a problem. But now w- the issues arise. So I've come to realize something interesting about love: that love is most precious to me when I don't deserve it. That's one of my, that's one of Tetu's definitions. Right. Is
0: and, and when you say you don't deserve it, you mean in a place where you feel like that shouldn't have been the reaction. That shouldn't
1: have been the reaction. Right. I've made a poor decision. I've made a poor choice. And someone has chosen to respond to that. With love. With love. Uh, and when I look at and, and talk to other people and hear their own stories, I feel like that kind of love always makes the biggest kind of impact on a person now the interesting thing is because human beings are human beings
0: Mm
1: it is as unfair to imagine that one person will give you that kind of love all the time right it's not possible yeah they're just as human as you are but that's why i think love is expressed through different people so never expect the full picture of love to come from a husband or a wife or a partner or multiple like it's gonna come from a community and it's gonna be expressed differently in your grandma then it's going to be expressed in your dad and it's going to be expressed differently in your dad than your counselor uh-huh. or, you know, and it's going to be expressed differently from your counselor than your pastor or your sheikh or whatever it is. So I think to really grasp love, this is my opinion, is to surround yourself with as many, as many people who you, love, who you love and respect and who kind of give that to you uh-huh. and also to, to be gracious with them. We can be so ungracious with people. So they show you love Mm -hmm. and then they don't show you love and you immediately shoot them down and say, this person has no worth in my life. No, no, no. (laughs) Appreciate that moment for what it was. Yeah. And don't seek everything from that moment or that one person because they got it right. They're going to get it wrong the next time. But this person is going to get it right when this other person is getting it wrong. And, and it all points towards community. Yeah. It all points towards social value where you surround yourself with people who who you love and respect. Right. Yeah.
0: So would you say the the aspect of it takes a village to raise a child, yes. it continues. It continues. It continues. Not to raise a
1: child, to raise to a, raise hum- a, a human,
0: human. Until they're dead. Until
1: they're dead. I
0: agree. Completely. And I feel yeah. like I was having this discussion with, with, with a friend of mine the other day And just to echo what you were saying, I feel like we're in a space where if someone messes up, we're so quick to gun them down and just excommunicate them. I'm guilty of that sometimes, you know? I'll Cut you off. I cut you yeah, off. Yeah, I cut you off. I cut you off. Oh, block, block, yeah, block, yeah, block, block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, like me, yeah, I abuse the block button like no man's bit, yeah, but yeah, that's only I, because it's just people who do not know how to come correct. Oh, and yeah. that's a whole other situation. Yes.
1: You block when people become abusive or just stupid sometimes. Yeah, or, or yeah. there's just
0: an entitlement that An entitlement, comes exactly. Absolutely. And so, I'm boundary like, drawing. Absolutely. Yes. yes but yes. let's say you've created. You've you've erased the boundaries with some people, and you've just let them in fully, mm. completely, fully. These are friendships, mm-hmm. um, family, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and and they mess up. And because of, I guess, the person that you're trying to be, several other people outside of these very close um, situations have been messing with you, and it's changed who who. Who you're turning out to be. Mm -hmm. It's making you readjust your boundaries, making Mm -hmm. you feel like, okay, why is it that I keep having certain people around me all the time trying to test me or trying to do some dumb some dumb nonsense Mm -hmm. or just betraying me. Mm -hmm. So then the wall and the guard goes up. up, And a lot of people mask that with self love. Mm. and oh I'm doing me and this is me taking care of myself etc I understand boundaries are part of that but at what point will you give now the people that you love the kind of grace to make mistakes because I think protecting yourself is one thing loving yourself is one thing but please understand you're also not perfect yes You're also going to really do some nasty stuff to other people. Yes. And when they cut you off, wouldn't you want that same grace extended?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's why people who are quick to cut off, if they're really honest with themselves, like really honest, Mm -hmm. you guys have smoked a J and they're really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. The fact that they cut people off so easily makes them afraid. Yes, because they're afraid that people will do to them what they are. What, what,
0: they, what, they, what, they, what, what they've, they've been, they do doing, to, been yes. doing to others. Hey, that part. Yeah, that, and I feel like people need to be very honest with themselves when True. it comes to that. True. I think you need to ask yourself why is it that I respond like this mm. to these things, and mm. much as it has, it, it's, it's a, it's an, um, it's a, uh, what do you call it? It's an accumulation of mm. certain experiences that have happened towards you, you must also ask yourself, am I holding on to these experiences? And am I projecting my feelings from those experiences into this one very independent situation where someone made a mistake. It's similar to the one this other person made, But you cut that person off. So are you going to just keep cutting everyone off? Or are we really just going to extend grace? Because I think everyone deserves a chance to give everyone who's wronged them an opportunity to speak for themselves. Yes. Yes. Even if this person has done the worst, and I know it's a lot easier said than done. You ask me to do it, I'll probably struggle. Mm. I'd usually say, I'd probably say from my grave, I'll do it. Yeah. But it's something we just have to do because we can't keep having the perfect person around all the time yeah
1: and you know you you know you have to beg the question what's the guiding light how do you determine who are the people that you cut off and draw boundaries and the people who you give second chances and third chances and fourth chances whatever right and honestly the answer that i'll give might not be so satisfying because it's a bit murky but listen to the inner voice Mm -hmm. trust your gut you know because so, there's some times where you cut someone off and you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have cut that person off. And then there are other times where you cut them off and you were like, yeah, that was actually a healthy uh, decision because they were taking much more than they were giving and it was toxic and I am not a better person interacting with them right. than I am when I'm away from them. Right. You know, um, but it also brings, you know, I, I also believe love is really a decision. You know, people can look at my marriage and be like, oh, you know, okay, we're married because, you know, we're still in love and it's all just great and all this kind of stuff. Family, I mean, a lot of times it's a decision. Daily. Daily. Where it's like, Daily. you know what? I have decided that out of everyone else in this world, I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna work on things with you and we're gonna, gonna figure things out together. And it's not just romantic relationships, it's friendships too. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my best friend is Fadili it's not because we've never pissed each shout other out shout out to Fadili shout out to <laughs>
0: it's
1: not that Fadili and I have never pissed each other off it's not that at some point maybe we've never betrayed each other but somehow we made a decision that you're my brother and we're gonna keep working on this thing
0: listen yeah. that decision yeah. especially if you acknowledge it hello english English. (laughs) (laughs) as long as like and i think it's almost more solidified Mm. when you acknowledge it towards each other face to face i'd say the same with my friendship with wanja yes we decided face to face
2: yeah
0: so we're friends now yeah let's (laughs) let's do this yeah and it's been amazing ever since
1: i mean you know wanja wanja is a really good friend of mine and i remember that our friendship has also taken dips and whatever's and all this but one of the most liberating moments in our friendship
2: uh-huh.
1: is when i told her i said one you know what i keep a lot of people away from me at arm's length because i know i'm gonna f up at some point right. so i was like listen i want you to know that if you're friends with me to a certain degree there's liberty for me to to make mistakes uh-huh. and i just hope that from your side that you can just bear with me there was an openness to the friendship from that point onwards where we're just like okay because of course she reciprocated and she's like I feel the same way or whatever and I realized that there's a critical moment in every friendship yeah the first is the first fight Hey, Cindy. Hey,
0: that one you really get to you, see.
1: You really get to see, yeah. you know, and really figure out. Okay, is this a person of value to me? Right. So, so again, uh, for people who are wondering, it's not a one-time thing. There's checkpoints in a relationship that will show you whether someone is worth working on.
0: Right. It's, it's like not a, a one.
1: It's not a one-time decision. Yeah. It's checkpoint after checkpoint. Okay, you make it past the first fight, then you make it past the you know the first betrayal or the first distance or you know you know, you, you know we're not talking so much, but then as you weather each storm mm-hmm. it is co- greater confirmation that this is something worth preserving right
0: yeah. or even greater confirmation that the decisions you made mm-hmm. every day helps you have that ammo to get back into it yeah. despite all of that because yeah. the decisions you made every day add up more and when i say every day is like every day choosing to love because it's a choice Yes, it's a choice they kind of outweigh, in some situations, that decision where the love wasn't in the picture and you were being selfish, mm-hmm. you know, or or you went out of character and your ego came in the way, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that. So I think that active choice, friendships, um, uh, what's the romantic relationships and all of that, it's so important to always realize that you're choosing every yes. day yes of course sometimes it comes so naturally like of course not every day I'm like wow I'm going to choose
2: yeah. <laughs> no, no, you know no. you, you put on the uniform yeah. I'm going to choose this friend yeah. today no
0: but it's like just know every day when you, when you maintain that friendship yeah. It's a choice. It's a choice. When you effortlessly do something, that's a that's that effortlessness has come because you've chosen so much mm. to do this thing. So I think um, people not choosing, or, or at least realizing that it it takes it it takes work mm. to reach that level of we've misunderstood each other. Now let's get there. Because and this whole this whole part of this conversation came from at what point do we also in these moments where we're not at our proudest or someone else not at their proudest do you actually sit back and be like I should probably extend some grace mm. into this situation and it's something we could all use a while. Mm-hmm. check ourselves on 100%. that 100% yeah and with that being said of course as you're going through all of that you're also growing uh-huh. so how important is it to you for personal growth to happen within a relationship whether it's it's, it's on your level or on your partners. Because I've realized mm. in a lot of situations, especially long-term relationships mm. or even like mid-term, I, whatever, mid-term <laughs> whatever mid-term means, mm. um, there's an expectation mm. for you to, to have been evolving into someone who you've either discussed mm. or not discussed or I guess so that you don't feel like you're so stagnant mm. and you're just, you know, especially if, 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 if you're growing, mm. growing, and I put that in quotes, mm. if you're evolving and growing and the other person doesn't seem to be moving, mm. if not at all, maybe even just at a slower pace, mm. how important do you think it is for that to happen or for you to talk about that or acknowledge that?
1: For me, it is one of the most important things. Right. And I know that growth is important, but everyone will rank it differently. For me, growth is everything, everything, Right. everything. And I'd really like to credit my parents for that in some way, because I've seen how they are constantly learning and constantly growing. My dad is always reading books, trying to figure out how to do his work better, how to be a better person, or even just how to learn about the economy or whatever. My mom is always reading books, trying to figure out how can she be a, be a, be a better mother, better you know, at her office, all this kind of stuff. And so I find that um, I got that value system from them. I am a, I, what I call a lifelong learner where, my education didn't end with school i'm constantly on this journey of trying to figure out what more can i learn about sex what more can i learn about communication what more can i learn about my career my job and the funny thing is that the more you are a person who grows the more interesting you become to other people
0: aha yeah i agree with people
1: that. who don't grow are some of the most boring hey draining hey human beings that parts you get
0: yeah i really do and they suck the life they out, suck of, the out life of everything.
1: Out of everything. <laughs> and sometimes you're wondering, you can't even explain to other people why they irritate you, until you, you know, you're like, why do Why don't you like that person? And, and it might,
0: it's just them.
1: It's just them. <laughs> I would honestly offer, even for our listeners, that sometimes when you just someone rubs you the wrong way, is maybe sometimes you've just bumped into a spirit, that that isn't growing, and and right. and. And sometimes, if you rub people the wrong way, maybe you are also in a season
0: of, uh, of stagnation. Yes,
1: where you're not growing. Yes, and you know, for me as a songwriter, growth is the most important thing. Right. Because how do you stay relevant over years or decades if you're not growing? Start writing styles change. They're people who were innovators in their area of work. In fact, uh, I remember um, th- there's this really cool audiobook called Blinkist. They s- send you these little um, uh, sort of chapters of books. Um, and one was about f- the four types of geniuses. And, and I remember that like, two, there's two kinds of creative geniuses. They're the people who have an incredible breakthrough but can never move past that breakthrough. They keep going back to it they keep talking about it in their conversations they keep right. referencing it they keep they are in that moment that
0: define it almost defines it them.
1: defines them mm-hmm. and then there are other geniuses and that the those geniuses that breakthrough usually comes early right you know the child genius the 18 year old prodigy right but then there's other kinds of geniuses who never stop growing until death
2: right
1: so the people who have breakthroughs in their 60s in their fifties, in their forties, in their seventies,
2: right?
1: It's it's fascinating to me. But the difference between the two is one is all constantly growing, and the other one is not. Damn. Yeah, growth is is growth to me is the most.
0: It's of up there. It is up there. Hey, it's at the top. The top. It's at the top, and I and I agree. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm. We're both creative people. Yes. Our brains, I think as someone who creates mm. and knowing that your own skills and techniques need to change mm. over time or at least be refined or mm. something. You're always tweaking. Mm. You're always tweaking something. Always. Naturally, we become like that.
2: Yeah.
0: And it gets so scary mm. to date mm. when you're also not aware of how you grow, mm. you, you have an idea, you have your your visions and, and your goals and everything. Mm. Your goals are one thing, but on a personal level, you are a sum of your experiences True. and you don't know what they're going to do to you mm. or who they're going to make you become. Mm. And it's so scary to date. And I don't know how, how much of that in a marriage context applies but it's so, it becomes so uncom- let's say uncomfortable, not yep. really scary. Yep. Scary for some, I'd say definitely for myself, but on a general scale, uncomfortable. Just knowing that because of who I have taught myself to be and the things that come naturally to me, like constantly trying to evolve, I get scared that that could apply to how I feel mm. about someone or how I relate to So are you afraid
1: that you outgrow someone?
0: Absolutely. Someone. It's something that, that okay. I think about so often. Okay. And I know it's a natural, it happens in almost every long-term relationship. You outgrow someone. Mm. And I think the idea now is, not really the idea, but the question is, once you've reached that point, where you've outgrown someone and and you even have to ask yourself is it that i've outgrown them or is it just me or and my own things in my head mm. and whatever so i i've i've been there before where i outgrew someone i really thought i was going to to be with forever mm. and it's only because and looking back in hindsight i realize i out i outgrew them because the things i wanted when I was dating them had a lot to do with who I wanted to become with them. Mm. And then I, I started shifting on a very personal level and then who I wanted to become with them was almost non-existent anymore. Mm. So naturally for me, I think I outgrew that person. It could have been many other things also, Mm. but I feel like that played a part in it. But I'd like to know, like, for someone who's been in a relationship as long as you have, Mm. what does that look like? And has it been something you've experienced or at least the people around you have?
1: Yeah. um, So, you know... (laughs) you could you could argue okay god being gracious you know the average relationship you end up maybe if you find really a life partner life is what 40 50 years in mm-hmm. a relationship i think it would be naive to imagine that only one person would constantly be outgrowing the other person
0: uh-huh. so you
1: begin to realize it's an ebb and flow
0: it is
1: so sometimes you go through seasons where you've outgrown them and sometimes they go through seasons where they're further ahead than you and that's it goes back to the decision because I would say this that the problem was not necessarily the fact that you outgrew this person mm. the problem is that maybe either one one or both of you were not in a position to work on that right and do something about it mm. Hey. have I touched uh, you have,
0: you have really hit the nail on you, the head. you understand what I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. the
1: problem is not the fact Absolutely. that you outgrow another person the problem is if I've outgrown you one let each one help one how can I assist you to to now ca- come to catch to up come. because I, and from a place of humility those ones of so that one day when I am in your, your position,
0: position you do the you same do the same thing to me and I think that was that's why I left yeah because i was moving yeah and man's was
1: yeah stalling
0: stalling yeah and there was nothing i could do about it yeah i tried i tried yeah and my goodness tattoo i loved this man yes oh my gosh i loved him yes my longest relationship ever i loved him but hey he wasn't and 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 when I was when I ended the relationship, it's I was very honest about mm. about that, mm. and and I hated it because it almost it I couldn't help but feel like maybe I thought I was better. Than yeah,
1: him. how arrogant does this? Yeah, look? exactly.
0: Yeah. But it really yeah. came from a place of I am moving differently now, and I want you to come with me. Yes. And I've been trying to make you come with me, but you just don't seem to want to. Mm. To challenge yourself to 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 enter this ride you know mm. and it was sad, but I hold no regrets to it mm. unfortunately, I guess maybe because I don't know what's happening with him mm. um a part of me believes he's still there and it's so sad mm. because you you care for this person and you know what and you they want, want. Them to succeed. you know what they You've want seen for the themselves yes.
2: yes yes
0: you know what they want for themselves yes, and they're just yes. not ah yeah. and it's uh, in 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 our previous free minds we also asked people how responsible do you feel for the success mm. of your partner mm. especially once they've told you all their goals and everything and you can see them doing the work mm. But at some point, maybe the motivation goes or something. How responsible do you feel? Or do you think you should be in terms of getting this person where they need to go?
1: It has a limit. Yes. So you will try and you will try and you will try. It's like trying to convince someone to go for counseling. Hmm. You will try and you will try. But until that person decides, you know what? Maybe not as... Or I'm maybe more traumatized than I thought, and I need to go for this and just to figure out who I am and how to grow from here. You know, you can you you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make, make them drink it. And and I think a legitimate place for anyone to walk away from a relationship, yeah. And this is my opinion at this point in my life at 35 years old, is a legitimate place to walk away from a relationship is when you have done everything within your power uh-huh. to really try and be helpmate to that person in their journey in their insecurities in their whatever but they've decided this is as far as I'm willing to go right this is as vulnerable as I'm gonna be
2: Mm -hmm. this
1: is as honest as I will ever be this is from here onwards I would end and and honestly a lot of people reach that point where they say from here I go no further now let me tell you something that happens sometimes the person says I will go no further and their partner says so that this thing can remain something i will also stop my growth Uh aha yes so that now you get two people stagnant
0: just being stubborn
1: just in that space where there's nothing exciting about their life but now they can't live with it without each other but they're not living
0: yeah
1: there's no excitement to their life. There's no oh anticipation of the future. There's no... And so many relationships. I see so many marriages that are in this place where now you've got the kids and you've got the bills and you've got the job and you've mm. got the, 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 the loans that you're paying off and the debt. And now you're just making it work. You're both just... You've stopped growing. Yeah. And, and you're just now existing together. You have found a partner yeah. to be next to you until you die.
0: My goodness. That,
1: that's not life.
0: And I think in that space... That's where now, because of your own unfulfillment, because it haunts you. Of course. It haunts you.
1: You live guilty every day. Yes.
0: And not, not towards, and you don't even mm. resent your partner. You resent yourself. yourself. But because of course people don't like to acknowledge the part that they played, it's very easy now to, to <laughs> throw blame. True. And be like, you know, I sacrificed all of this for you. Your sacrifices, and I think maybe, maybe I may be selfish saying that you sacrificing is a choice you made. Mm. You can also make that same choice to do better for yourself.
1: Thank you, sister. You know, hey, this one is preaching. <laughs> hey, you've just said something so critical yeah. about how sometimes from your own displeasure and your own dissatisfaction, mm-hmm you will redirect that energy to other people and blame them. Yeah. Because to accept it as your own would mean that you'd need to change. And there's sometimes where as a human being, the hardest thing to
0: do is change. Is to change. It is not even sometimes it's always, it is always hard. the hardest thing to yeah. do. Yeah. And like you said, change and growth, Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's paramount. Mm. it really is mm. and unfortunately of course there's some situations where people do not change for the better yeah. and I think those conversations around resentment and oh I've sacrificed and blah, 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 the conversation you have with yourself is so important mm. because that's what almost gives you the green light or the red light to show up for other people and your partner even if they're not doing that for you I think it's, 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 it's your responsibility to just show up, regardless of whether you're receiving it or not. Because mm-hmm. for you to, to be who you are and to show up for people, there's no way it won't be rewarded somehow. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may get someone that may take it for granted and abuse it, mm-hmm. but you will never look back and say, I didn't show up.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: However I don't want people to just be staying there showing up for people no, of just not. Of <laughs> you not. know just just because you know they, they hope some miracles will happen
1: you know there's as you're talking there's a, there's a there's another kind of toxic personality that's really come um, into kind of into my mind right now mm-hmm. which is this sometimes some of the most toxic people are the ones who when you are growing and you're trying to grow they sabotage it <sighs>
0: They're those ones.
1: They're those ones. Hey. They themselves don't want to grow, but they also don't want to lose you. Yeah. So you say, okay, I want to become healthier. And I want to work out and all this kind of stuff. They're just there steady, slipping you those donuts, those to see you what, uh-huh. those what what. And, and it's jokes, but they sometimes there's an insecurity with, no, I don't want her or him to go too far away from me.
0: Doesn't it go back to that power play? Power.
1: Mhm. Sabotage. If anyone's listening right now, I know that there's probably people in these kinds of relationships. Those are very toxic. When you're in a relationship with someone who's supposed to love you, but they sabotage your growth. Yeah. That's not. That's not good.
0: Because mm. I think also, also, if that other person is is trying to grow in a direction that does not benefit mm. either themselves or your relationship, mm. that's also something. It's not even sabotage. You're, you're rescuing mm. the situation. So I think also trying to figure out, and I think it's, it's, it all boils down to the conversations that you're having. If someone has told you, this is who I'm trying to become, and I'm trying to get there by doing X, Y, Z, and you know it's going to do them really good, even elevate as we were talking before, get them to a point where they're even growing greater than you, mm. and they're and they're they're evolving, and you it and it may mean you're stagnant for some time. True. As they're going through that. True. Don't shut it down.
2: Yeah.
0: Don't. That's it's good. Yeah. It's healthy. If you feel intimidated by that, then that's an insecurity that you have, and you need to work on that. True. Don't let someone else's growth intimidate you mm-hmm. please don't mm. because one you end up breaking and burning bridges that are so important and so powerful someone is there showing you in real time what growth can look like and what and what like and how they're evolving you can either choose to be inspired or choose to do you know? Be to, yeah, to be insecure about it. Yeah, to be insecure about it. Damn. Those toxic people. Shindwe. Anna. Shindwe, Shindwe, Shindwe. Another form of toxicity I wanted to ask you about. Yes. Or at least it has been claimed that this is a toxic thing. Hmm. So relationships that are usually break up and make up, break up and make up, break up and make up. Would you say, right, that, um... It's it's a toxic pattern, or would you say that it's a pattern of several projections that come from like a a very individual level?
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, yeah, that toxic situation of making up and breaking up and making up and breaking up. I think it's just. I'll call it just toxic familiarity. It's a number of different things, but mm-hmm. one, familiarity, familiarity can be deceiving because familiarity sometimes looks like safety and it's not. You can be familiar with hella toxic people. Hey. And you confuse it for security and safety just because it's something you know. Hello. You know their toxicity in and out. You know when it appears. You know when it comes on Tuesday night. You know when it's gone by Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> you know that. You know it and that gives you. a a comfort zone a toxic one but it's a comfort zone and then that leads me to now why you don't get out of it is fear right you're afraid that maybe this is the best it'll ever be
0: yeah that part yeah maybe and i I always wonder like for you to believe that that is the best it'll ever be i cannot help but question what came before Mm -hmm. and and what and what you see for yourself
2: Yeah.
1: And what messaging the person who came before even told you, you know, know, I talk to people like to remind you to, you know,
0: I got you from where you were before. Or
1: you'll never find another one who come on, we understand each other. We're not perfect, but, you know, we we understand we get each other's faults, each other's (laughs) whatever. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So fear, let not fear. Fear can be such a hindrance. Yeah. And fear goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Do you believe that you deserve something better? Right. That's where trauma comes in. Is that sometimes from your upbringing, you don't believe you deserve. Forget even what they've told you. You don't believe you deserve a better relationship than that. Uh huh. And so yeah, no. It's it's it's. I I would say it's that it's that familiarity, toxic familiarity, and I would say it's fear.
2: Right.
1: Yeah.
0: So, let's say mm. you've you've gone through all of this with with this partner of yours, and. It may not necessarily even be a make-up to break-up situation, but you've had your falling-outs, just like any other relationship. You've maybe kept some distance for a while, tried to, like, figure it out, go counsel with family, friends, whatever, give each other time to breathe, you know, and then you come back. But then you realize that, okay, you're not as excited to come back to it. Um... Some things may have fizzled out yes, a little bit. Yes. People say breaks are normal, and they should happen. Some people would say breaks. Why take a break? Just leave. <laughs> First
1: of all, what is a break? Let's define that. Right. What is a, What are the parameters of a break?
0: I think anything that has to do with taking time out. And
1: while you're taking time out, what's the? What are the rules?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people who say they want a break that. If you're saying you want a break and there's nothing you you've committed to doing within that break, just leave. Thank you, madam. Just leave.
1: I'm so glad you've mentioned that there has to be something you committed to during that yeah. break, a pursuit,
0: yeah, something or some kind
1: of form of. You're a- taking the break because yes. you
0: want. There's an outcome.
1: There's an outcome. Uh
2: huh.
0: And you 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 want. You're asking for the break because you feel like you want to do better. Yeah. With you and make certain decisions or not even do better, but you want some clarity of some sort. But instead, you, this break, you're taking it as I'm, I, I'm not dating this person for this time.
1: Me, I'll be honest, I've never seen a break that works.
0: Neither have I.
1: You've never seen. Never. Me, I've never seen. Ati the people, at the, they take a break and then they come back and then they <laughs> they, they ride off into the sunset. They figure out their stuff. Like, I've yeah, never we are together. I've never, I've
2: never, <laughs> I've
1: never seen it. So I don't know what maybe I just I don't know. Maybe people listening to this have but I have never seen Have
0: it. you in 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 your in your relationship mm-hmm. have you had timeouts or breaks breaks and I put that in quotes.
1: It was no, it was never a break, it was a break up. Oh damn. So breakups are different from breaks. Yes. Breakups is it's over. It's
0: over like hey, it was nice. Yeah. See ya.
1: Peace. <laughs> I mean even if that breakup is like a day, still the intention <laughs> was that it is, it is over. over right yeah no you know uh, I, I've definitely had like, like even like even with Louise like I remember when we were dating we broke up like yeah we broke up once and that was a very clear line in the sand and the relationship got better from there because what that communicated to her is I was saying listen mm-hmm. if this is the way you're telling me it's going to be I'd rather have none of it and that produced the conversation, and right. yeah, yeah, and so that gave birth to you know a relationship that has grown and all this kind of stuff.
0: Let me put this out there. Yes, I've observed mm. that a lot of very solid, mm. and by solid I mean there's a very solid friendship, there's a very solid partnership that's happening there. Those relationships had at least at least one breakup that tested everything. And now I'm I kind of get confused because does it just would you say one is one too many?
2: Mm.
0: Because there's others that go through several Mm. and then it either it's either guys call it off for good. Or they stay and become stable or they now get into that situation we were talking about before where it's now breakup makeup breakup makeup and because you've realized with every breakup there's some fixing that happens you're not scared of the next breakup
1: hey this is heavy
2: <laughs> where <laughs>
1: she's preaching let me yeah. tell you breakups don't aspire to break up breakups you don't plan a breakup it happens Mm. um and then also stop breaking up over the same issue that part right so there's gonna be you know kind of growth but you know you know the reason why it was just one breakup Mm -hmm. because at some point i realized the breakup is not the solution tattoo if you've made up your mind about this woman right then just work through it man Right. Just work through it, and so that was also my learning experience, right? So she learned something, I learned something. I learned exactly what you've just mentioned—that if I keep, if I keep breaking up with this girl, I'm losing credibility. That now, the breakups is like, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, all right, Sarah, so you take your time off, <laughs> and yeah, then it's I'll okay. be, I'll be here waiting, you yeah. know, kind of a thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, that's why I'm saying breakups. I didn't plan on breaking up. But breakups will happen yeah but the ideal situation is that it shouldn't that there should be conversations honest conversations that are happening that will prevent something like that happen happening so that when it does happen it's for real yeah and it's for real for real for real for real
2: hey
0: yeah all right tattoo yeah we're reaching we have reached not even we are reaching we have reached the end are you serious imagine oh my god time, time was real has really <laughs> It's 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 an wow. hour forty minutes. Wow. Yeah, wow. I didn't Amazing. want this to end. Yeah, this is such a. <laughs> I'm
2: loving this. There's one. so
0: much we could talk about, wow. but wow. you know, we also don't want to um, just keep this uh, conversation going for way too long. True. We understand as human beings, our attention spans True. are limited. True. Uh, but however, I feel like you can also watch. You can also watch a whole Star Wars for god knows how many hours yeah, a lot of the rings for how many hours true, true, true. you can listen to this
1: and actually truth be told actually apparently these days people are consuming more long-form content right than before the pandemic
0: that's interesting
1: so like joe rogan his podcasts are three hours
0: so I, I should feel nothing right now
1: you should you should just feel I should feel, I should feel like,
0: nothing <laughs> like come on this is this is light work <laughs> alright Shani, yeah. thank you oh, thank it's, you it's, thank you so much for pleasure, coming my pleasure I, I appreciate you being a friend mm. I appreciate you being a guest mm. and I can only hope for the best for you mm. And also, shout out to your wife, man. Yeah. Miss, miss, Mrs. L. Yeah, Mrs. L. <laughs> miss Louise, Mrs. <Miss> Shani. <laughs> Mom <Tutu>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have her on, you know, to be like, yeah, sis. So, so tattoo. Uh, these
1: issues were raised.
0: Yeah, so tattoo. Can
1: you either confirm <laughs> or deny? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But thank you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and to everyone listening, you can catch us on Spotify, Anchor uh soundcloud and the rest except uh, apple because those guys take way too long to approve anything so we're waiting on this to go live on apple podcasts as well and for those of you looking to get in touch with more of our content we do have a youtube channel where we do discuss um a lot of our topics within a broader audience and with more catalysts and panelists, etc. So please look out for that as well. We are Free Mind Sessions on YouTube at freemindsessions.ke on Instagram and at underscore freemindsessions.ke on Twitter. And Free Mind Sessions on Facebook. My goodness, that's, that's a lot to go through. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. I have been your beautiful host, Lindsay. And until then, stay free.